What's going on, Defenders? Welcome to episode 145 of the most LAFC podcast, despite the loss in the solar system. We're calling today's episode, New Moon, Same Frustration. For those of you who know or who don't already know, my name is Christian Philly Philemon, the self-proclaimed beast from the East and the toast of the East Coast. And sitting directly in front of me, three feet to be exact, in the hardest screen land, Culver City, California. You all know him from various places such as Defenders of the Bank, Fox Soccer <laughs> earlier, uh, the L.A. Soccer Hub. I'm talking about none other than the mouth of the South Bay, J.R. Liebert. The Scarf! What is good? Mm. Defenders Nation, tonight was a tough one in Carson Oh, I have a couple of things to say all throughout this podcast, but I want to start out for all of you that caught LA Soccer Hub and my, I don't know what we'll call it a debate, but when only one side uses facts and the other just <laughs> uses conjecture, I, I don't know. But I, I want to start out by issuing an apology. If you saw Ooh, okay. the debate between Chris and myself on Soccer Hub, he means I, the little Galaxy podcast right, guy. Right, right. One that has been around since like November or whatever. A shot of is, espresso. Not even cute. a half a shot of espresso. I, I want to I say sorry because I feel badly. I didn't know how much it meant to the fans of Carson that they are actually a part of Los Angeles <laughs> County. So here is my apology to all of the Carson fans out there that do listen. And we do have a few because we met some today. At Dignity Health Sports Park and Playground. It, for, <laughs> for those that listen, I will no longer be calling the galaxy the Carson Galaxy. So this is my apology to all Galaxy fans out there. I will now officially refer to the team down in Carson as the Carson Galaxy of Los Angeles County. <laughs> so congratulations. I, I have seen the light. I have found the error of my ways. You will now be known as the Carson Galaxy of Los Angeles County. Philly, you and I were both in the building on completely opposite sides of Dignity Health Sports Park and Playground. We were, we were. And just to piggyback off of what you were saying, going on that LA Soccer Hub show, I said this on One More Sleep, I was a very, very proud Philly, because you were out there engaging in battle with this Johnny come lately who wanted to make a name for himself and you were giving him facts and he was talking over you. It's clear that this guy watches a lot of Fox News, just the way he speaks, talking over you, speaking gibberish, nonsense, opinionated garbage. And the fact that you even called him out on a Trump thing that he said, hilarious. He tweeted it, not me. Absolute, he tweeted it. Yeah, but just the way he was talking, you're like, hey, you're kind of being like Trump right there. But that between that and the Fox News, I mean, total, total, straight up, you killed him. And the fact that people actually thought that he killed you blows my mind. But like I said on One More Sleep, that this such delusional people making comments on social media, they probably would have thought Cosmo, the uh, the space smurf of, of the L.A., Galaxy, hold on, what did you call it? The you Los call, Angeles? Don't you call them the I fallacy? call them the LA fallacy, the, but I wanted to once again understand what yes, you Yes, no call problem. Them. They're the Carson Galaxy of Los Angeles County. The Carson Galaxy of Los Angeles County. I'm going to have to remember that. But you definitely put the shebang bang on him. I was very proud. Unfortunately, who didn't put the shebang bang on the opposing side was LAFC. 
It was rough. I do want to mention one other thing that you and I both talked about as we were leaving the park and playground. <laughs> we both, despite There were a lot being, of clowns be, there, so Ronald McDonald playground, true, I get it. True, but being on the wrong side of the results today, we both actually had a pleasant experience yeah. with the fan base there. I, I want to say something to the fans of the Carson Galaxy of Los Angeles County. I was really impressed with the amount of banter that we were able to engage in, for those of you that are fans of Carson, again, and we appreciate you listening because we know you do. We met several of you there. Intelligent fan will. they got to get an idea of what the opposing side has to say. Absolutely. Philly and I engaged in banter with several dozen different Carson fans out there, and I've got to say, the entire experience was rather pleasant. No, the result wasn't pleasant. The game, nope. the match that we nope. watched on the pitch, that's not what we're talking about. What the rivalry was all about, though, was the respectful disagreement of rooting for the other team's side, of of cheering on, of being a part of, of being a supporter of the other team's club. And, and I've got to say, I gave a lot right back to Carson fans as well. And, and I just think that for at least this match... For us coming together at Carson Dignity Held Sports Park and Playground, I really do feel like the heart of the rivalry was there and present the entire time. So I do want to say a big thank you yeah. to the fans at the Digs. It was, a, it was an enjoyable experience. And honestly, Philly, the reason why I bring that up is because of how negative of an experience that your wife Panda had several seasons ago that really left an awful taste in in our collective defenders mouths and how opposite it was <laughs> Hello, I have no email. idea what that was <laughs> how opposite it was this time i would agree so for those of you who don't know i uh, season 1 scarf's talking about it, it was the second match between the galaxy and lafc and we were down in the champions uh, lounge just minding our own business and we were at halftime and some douche got into it with Panda, like really, really ugly, like almost to the point where like we had to be separated. Yeah. And it's just like, are you serious, bro? You're going to flex your muscle in front of a woman and then tell her repeatedly that you don't take orders from women and just being a chauvinist. Questioning and a her military service. Questioning her military. This guy was a disgusting pig and a disgusting human being that, you know, for us at that point, we never experienced anything like that in any sporting environment. And I've been a Yankees Red Sox. Mets versus uh, Yankees, Indiana versus Purdue. I've seen some big heated rival matches. But I, I've never been encountered. to LMU Gonzaga. Is that the same? I mean, for you it was. You apparently got into it with Ronnie Turrioff. Ronnie Turrioff wanted to kill me. <laughs> but yeah, it was an ugly experience. And every time that we would go there, would always be on high alert because you always get some Yahoo who has far too many modelos and decides to get tough and wants to puff his chest to make a point. I cannot stand that. I cannot stand that at all. Really? You're going to try to fight with me because I'm wearing another team's jersey. I hate that. I think it is disgusting and it's stupid. 
But what we experienced today, like you said, was fun. It was friendly banter. Yeah, you might not like my club. Yeah, I might not like yours. But I'm not going to go out there and start to like puff my chest and be physical. I like the banter. It's what makes sports fun. But when they want to make it physical, that's when I don't like it. And like our buddy Matt said, hey, you know what? It was a bunch of season ticket holders and a bunch of like fans that, you know, what <laughs> 8,000 season ticket holders and zero a-holes was the term that we yeah, were told. Yeah, they, they have skin in the game, right? These are all season ticket holders. If they do something stupid, they lose their season tickets. And we've already highlighted several times how few Carson season ticket holders there already are. 9,000. Yeah, so they can't afford to lose the several that they already have. So again... Thank you guys for a wonderful time. We're going we're gonna to delve real quickly right into this day in LAFC history. It's a short one. Don't worry. The game occurred on the 8th of May, Saturday, the 8th of May, 2021. And on the 8th of May in 2018, LAFC officially waves Rodrigo Pacheco, huh. who became the first player, Philly, to appear in an official game for the black and gold to be waived. First player who ever appeared in black and gold uniform to then subsequently be waived. Rodrigo Pacheco, the fourth signing in team history, lasted until the 8th of May, that very same year that we debuted. And that is a very short, (laughs) succinct, this day in LAFC history. But he had more minutes than Andy Nahar did. He did have more minutes than Andy Nahar did. We, we needed another opportunity to take a probably, shot at El Papel. Don't worry. You're going to hear more about Andy Nahar in just a couple of minutes, Philly. Let's go to news and notes. And I know you were actually the one who posted this on our social media. And it's something that we are both pretty happy about, Philly. Someone, somewhere, is officially official. Officially official. And by officially official, we are talking about Edward Atuesta. He is not going anywhere anytime soon. It, we talked about it on the last pod, but now we put pen into paper. Not us. Uh, Edward did. So we're going to stick. He's going to stick around for a little while longer. And, and that's a good thing because, well, there were some comments that John Thorrington mentioned on The Athletic that you posted that seemed rather interesting in terms of LAFC potentially selling players over the course of a summer and seeing how that can be handled while they're uh, battling for an MLS Cup. But that's neither here nor there. We have Edward Atuesta. Number 20 is going to suit up for us in the midfield for a lot longer. Sorry, Palmeiras or any other team. Edward Atuesta, black and gold for the foreseeable future. So you said for the foreseeable future, but I would like to tell you the tail end of a quote by that very same man, GM and co-team president John Thorrington. I'm just going to give you this quote. He is a top player in our league, capable of playing at the highest level, and this is the part I don't like, and we are certain he will continue to play a critical part in our success for as long as he is here. For as long as he is here. Yeah, of course they're going to want to sell him. And of oh course God. he's going to want to go to Europe. But the rumor mill gets squashed. We're at least going to have him for a little while longer. It's Diego Rossi, though, that he mentioned. And that's the one that's got me nervous because we haven't had him for a couple of games. He comes in his first game this season, already scores a goal. Why don't you read them that comment? Look, uh, I will in just a second. But let me ask you one quick second, Philly. Who's been our best player this season? <laughs> Edward Atuesta. Yeah, I am so afraid of losing him. Look, to me, and this is going to sound bad, but I feel like quality strikers, guys like you know Diego Rossi and, and some of the others, these young guys that come in, I feel like teams feel 
like they can be replaced easier than quality midfielders. And I only say that because look at how long Andres Iniesta has been playing. Look at how long Andrea Pirlo played. Look at how long these incredibly talented midfielders are able to play until the twilight of their careers in whatever league that they want. Andres Iniesta currently now playing in Japan still for Vissel Kobe. And and yet strikers, I mean, we see them come through and we see them come through. That's not to say that Diego Rossi isn't something special, but that being said, I would be so upset if we lose Edward Atuesta. He has been clearly my favorite player this season to watch. Philly, I know he's pretty much your favorite player. That's my next this jersey season without a to doubt. watch, right? But I, I will read that quote really quickly. This is from The Athletic. The balance of it is, how do you sell a player like Diego Rossi and also win an MLS Cup? That's hard, and it's much harder when you're selling Diego in the summer and trying to win an MLS Cup in December. That makes but it that's s- the reality we have to embrace. No, is totally. How it and, and, and Philly, you and I have talked about this on several podcasts. John Thorrington has been upfront since minute one of this club's inception that that is the goal for LAFC. So we have to be used to that here. And I've told you guys on several podcasts out there, for those of you for Defenders Nation that listen to what I have to say here, the scarf, thank you for your support. We appreciate you listening. I have said it's weird for me being an American sports fan where the best baseball players in the world, the best basketball players in the world, the best football players in the world, heck, 99.9% of the best hockey players in the world, they want to come to the United States to play. But that is not the case, and it will not be the case for the foreseeable future. Probably not during our lifetime I'm with you. I absolutely agree in terms of world football, in terms of soccer. So, We, and especially me as an American soccer fan, I have to wrap my brain around the fact that they are trying to use us, rightfully so, to make the next move and the best move for their career, not the forever move, which is what we hope, Philly, as Mets fans, we want players (laughs) for forever, as a Ramley, that that you are a member of the Ramley, you guys want More like my wallet's a member of the Ramley. Your wallet is definitely a, but you own a small piece of real estate there now, Philly. That's how they painted the picture for me, (laughs) There you go. It's it's just, it's a change in mindset. So that's- I don't disagree, but like- it is tough, but it, it is something we have to get used to. You talk about Iniesta being at a place like Barcelona forever. Dude, it's Barcelona. It's not one of the most like successful franchises sure. and most expensive franchises in the world of football. It's one of the most expensive sports franchises, period. LAFC, look, as much as we love our club, we do not compare to the Barcelonas or the Manchester Uniteds on an economic level. And I will say, in terms of Diego Rossi and Edward Atuesta, as gross as this is about to sound, we can thank covid for the fact that they're still Absolutely. on our roster. Absolutely. Because if everything was business as usual last season, then we could have lost them to the Serie A clubs. I have no doubt about it. They were knocking on the door. Plenty of Serie A clubs were knocking on that door. But you know who's probably not going to be knocking on, on any doors for anybody else? Who's that? Well, I don't think anybody's going to be knocking on Brian Rodriguez's door anytime uh. soon in Europe. We're going to talk about him momentarily. Yeah. But again, we it's awful, but we do have to thank COVID for the fact that we still have it's- Diego. Rossi and Edward Look, I, I I would I would I wouldn't want to call it a, a silver lining. No, right? because it's not. There's no silver lining to this awful pandemic. It, it's it's the worst thing that we'll experience in our lifetime. Hundred thousand percent. We hope, right? We hope. 
But that being said, it's you're absolutely right. It's why we've been able to keep this team together, this club together, this this run that we're able to make. Why we got to capitalize for as, now. as long as we have. You're absolutely right. It's why we need trophies now, and it's why we need to win them this season for sure. Just one other little quick tidbit of news and notes. FC Cincinnati formally formalized, made it officially official, as we like to say here. Kenneth Vermeer coming over to Cincinnati. So he's reunited again. Skyline Chili, Kenneth. We know you're a big fan of the pod. Thank you so much. Skyline Chili in Cincinnati. Give it a shot. It's pretty good. I would love some Skyline Chili. I didn't even know what we were talking about right there. I was like, I'm in. All right, real quick, let's give a Brian Rodriguez update because it's, it's not pretty. We probably could have used you on the pitch today, Brian. Well, and we'll talk about that in a second because I've got some thoughts after the match, after we, after we do our recap, and it will include Brian Rodriguez. On Friday, Almeria defeated Tenerife 1-0 behind a goal that Brian had absolutely nothing to do with. <laughs> he watched. He did. In fact, Brian did not play a single minute of that one nothing victory for Almeria with four matches to play in the La Liga 2 regular season. Almeria is six points out of second for an automatic promotion, but they are nine points clear of seventh. And remember the teams in the sixth, excuse me, third through sixth spots in the table at the end of the season play in a promotion tournament with the winner earning a spot in La Liga's first division. And Almeria play Albacete, the last team in the table next week. So a very good chance for three more points and God willing, a little bit of playing time for Brian. (laughs) Yes. Brian who can't get off the bench in Spain. Brian (laughs) splintered Uh, in the rear. Brian, I've got look everybody who's waiting. Don't worry. I've got the next whole song written for Brian. Don't hold your breath, Defenders. I've been waiting on it forever myself. No, but there's one of two ways that it can end. I need to know how the story ends. Is he coming back to black and gold? Or is he leaving for La Liga permanently? Yes, Scarf, but every story has a bunch of chapters. We could have had a bunch of these Brian Yeah, songs. I don't want to waste that much time on Brian Rodriguez because he was... You know, I think we no, already have. <laughs> we have. You're absolutely right. So we've started a new segment. This is right before we get to the LAFC versus Carson Galaxy of LA County recap. Got to write that one down. I Right? This is the LAFC X player roundup, and it'll be a quick one. Tyler Miller was an unused sub as Minnesota fell to 0-4-0 and zero on the season. Minnesota's now given up 10 goals in four matches, so maybe it's time for a change between the pipes, giving up on the youngster Dane St. Clair and going back with Tyler Miller. Minnesota lost to Colorado in that match, but unfortunately, Stephen Betashore was not in the 18. Joao Dude. Moutinho came on at the half for Orlando, but maybe Orlando wishes they didn't bring on Joao Moutinho he was called for a penalty in the box leading to the equalizer in the 1-1 draw that Orlando had between NYCFC so more frustration for Nani in Orlando Christian Ramirez was an unused sub in Houston's 1-1 draw versus Dallas not a good Dallas. sign for him Walker Zimmerman started, played the full 90, and even had an assist. Of course he did to CJ Sapong in Nashville's 2-0 win over the Revolution. And tons, Philly, that's right, tons of LAFC love in the crew DC United match. Bradley Wright Phillips started over Hawthorne's finest Jossie Zardis, playing a solid first 57 minutes before coming out for Jossie. And on the United side, 
Andy Nahar, Philly, no word of an injury here. Andy Nahar started and played a full hour and eight minutes while Ontario Fury's finest Adrian Perez started and played the full 90. Some more games to come tomorrow, but that is your LAFC former player rundown, recap, roundup, whatever the heck it is. a long segment in 10 years. I, I mean... As will this day in yeah, LAFC. This day, well, hopefully not too long. <laughs> So, Philly, it's the 11th round of the L.A. Derby. And this one, of course, sees us back in Carson, the first of two meetings in Carson this season. The middle, the Oreo cream in that sandwich, if you will, happening at Bank of California Stadium. But this, again, the first time we meet in 2021. And I do have a thought, or I had a thought at least coming into this match, Look, here's my thought. Coming into this, we've lost one more match to them than they have to us, but that's not really the biggest problem that I have throughout all of this rivalry. And this rivalry, the one fact that I cannot stand, Philly, is that unfortunately, and this is still true after today's match, they have beaten us at the bank, but we have still not defeated them in Carson. Defending the bank is everything to us. And for one night, we did not defend the bank, and they have defended the park and playground better than we have defended the bank, and that absolutely kills me. Yep, we certainly didn't walk out of this park today with any dignity. That goes without saying. It was, it was a tough one, but, I mean, we should just sort of get into it right away. This, In a way, I'm glad that we're doing this today, because obviously tomorrow being Mother's Day, we're not going to have the ability to do so because we're spending time with our mamas. At least uh, that's, that's the idea. Rather, get it out of the way. Talk about the game. Talk about the recap. Exercise the demons because they're a bunch of demons today and move on with our lives. And hopefully, defenders, when you're listening to this, you can exercise the demons too because, hey, you know, it was ugly. We wanted to get another win against them. We wanted to beat them in their home ground. It just didn't happen. Look, I want to say one other quick thing before we go into the lineup and the recap. I've already said what I've wanted to say about this loss in my head. And so... Saying it on the podcast, saying it into a microphone, saying it for forever, because, you know, that's where everything lasts on the Internet. (laughs) If I'm being totally honest, what I want to say kind of sounds bitter. It sounds kind of Homer-ish, if you will, and not as in Simpson, and and we miss you, Bonestorm. But as in someone who always thinks their team should have won despite what happened, I acknowledge that what I feel about this match could absolutely seem that way. Like I'm bitter, like I'm frustrated, like I'm I'm trying to make, almost like I'm trying to make excuses. And I hate that it could be perceived that way. But, but here's how I feel, Philly. We outplayed Carson today. We did. We absolutely did. We had far more scoring chances. And the eye test, to me, the eye test also proved that we were the better team. Look, I'm, I'm probably burning the lead here, but we outpossessed them 60-40. We controlled large portions of the match and seemed on the verge of scoring so many times, but we lost the damn game. We lost the game. And it's so frustrating to me, and I know it was to you as well, to outplay this team, to own portions of this match. And yet, maybe that's why, more than any other reason, this is called the beautiful game. Because you can't have... One moment of letdown, especially against your rival. And to be honest, we really only had 
one moment of letdown, one moment of brilliance by Derek Williams. We'll get into that in a minute. Yep. But one moment of letdown in the match. And that's why we're at least walking out of there with zero points instead of one, if not a three-point victory. Football is a cruel mistress. We could talk about how we outplayed them. We could talk about how we outshot them. We could talk about how we outshot them on target, passing accuracy, all that other stuff. But it's a cruel mistress, bro. Like the philosophy, we can talk philosophy all we want. We didn't do it. And there are plenty of teams out there that are waiting, waiting. They have the idea in their mind. They're waiting to catch LAFC on a mistake and beat them on the counter. There are some bright spots. We'll talk about them later, but why don't we get into the lineups, my friend? Yeah, you're going to get into LAFC's lineup, and I know you'll go into the player availability report as well. But I'm going to get into the Carson roster real quick. They've got Bond, Jonathan Bond. In West Keeper, Brom Bond. Right? And this is a guy who you mentioned it on One More Sleep, Philly. The guy has played like six times in three years over in England. So coming over... If you hear that this guy has been in England playing, quote-unquote, for the last several seasons, he really, really hasn't. Sounds a lot better than what it was. It absolutely does. We've got Daniel Starris, who somehow is still in the league doing things. <laughs> Derek from Burbank, Williams. I just found out. He was, that's right. Uh, Derek Williams. I, I want to mention something really quickly about Derek Williams. We're going to talk about him in the podcast. He's going to come into play. So real quick, uh, he was born in Germany, Philly, which I know you appreciate. He represents... Ireland, because those two countries are right next to each other internationally. <laughs> He's made three caps with the Irish and has played all but this season of his career in England. So a German who represents Ireland, who's played in England, came up with Aston Villa, then loaned out to the championship, first with Bristol City, then with Blackburn Rovers. A once-proud club. Right? But no word of any appearances against AFC Richmond, however. So Derek Williams has a really interesting roundabout and very eclectic kind of career coming into this. Julian Araujo, who I've said this before on other podcasts, he's one of the very few players in this league on other teams that I really enjoy watching. I like Julian Araujo. Jorge Villafania, the former Chivas USA <laughs> legend. Ethan Zubak, Sebastian Legette, everyone's favorite slur-wielding midfielder. <laughs> Adam Saldana, Samuel Grancier, part one of the coming French Revolution for from the Galaxy. A from AS Monaco. That's right. Played a, a bunch of time place. in Monaco. The good Dos Santos, he and he today. certainly was today. Jonah Dos Santos. And the man who really needs no introduction for all of you Mexican soccer fans, for all of you fans of world football, and certainly for the Galaxy this season, Chicharito. In the 18, a couple of names to mention because they'll come into play during the match. Efren Alvarez, Cameron Dunbar, Carlos Harvey, and the other Chivas USA legend on Carson Sasha question. Those are the important ones. No Cabral or Sega just yet, but they're coming. <laughs> Philly, what about the LAFC roster? And before we get into the roster, would you mind getting in to the player availability report sponsored by Kaiser Permanente? I have no problem getting into the player availability report. I will say we were quite excited last night. We were very hopeful today. We really thought that we would see the return of the king. Yep. Because Carlos Vela was not on the out or doubtful list. He was on the questionable. And Bob earlier in the week mentioned that he was training. And Bob did not want to confirm nor deny Carlos Vela's availability. So we had just assumed maybe we'll see Carlos start. Maybe we'll see him come into the match. Maybe we will just see him 
at the stadium? No. (laughs) He was not in the building. Not in the building at all. As far as the starting lineup is concerned, the starting lineup, which we've seen, Pablo Cisniega, Chiqui Palacios, Eddie Segura, Jesus David Murillo, Tristan Blackman, Jose Cifuentes, Mark Anthony Kay, Edward Atuesta, Latif Blessing, Diego Rossi, and Corey Baird. Our bench... When we saw the report, I'm thinking, all right, Carlos isn't in the lineup. Is he on the bench? Is he on the bench? No. No. <laughs> Harvey, Romero, Edwards, Quesada, Moose, Mahala, Farfan, and Moon. That was who was in the game today. And I'm sure a lot of Carson Galaxy, I'm sorry, the Carson Galaxy fans of Los Angeles County. There you go. Hey, all right. Pat on the back. We're thrilled. <laughs> He, to act- know. he actually just patted himself on the back. Yeah, I did. It was it's a self pat. Self pat. I'm sure they were thrilled at the fact that Carlos Vela wasn't on the pitch, and we we certainly could have used him, and probably could have used Brian Rodriguez too. But that's the story with the lineups and kickoff comes through, and hey, we're starting the game. The Galaxy came out hot. They did. Hot off the kickoff. They made a nice run for goal, and they got awarded their first of several, several corner kicks. But nothing really happens until three minutes later. Yeah, fourth minute, a perfect ball in the box. Mark Anthony K to Diego Rossi, just wide on a move that Cobra Kai would have been proud of there. Tried to do a little hi kick. Philly, you could probably give me the actual name for whatever that kick would have been. But LAFC getting the best chance early, and I yeah. thought, all right. He totally beat Julian Araujo, by the he, way. He did. and, and Put this, him in his pocket. I, I really thought, like, all right. LAFC got control, made the first good pass, made the first good touch, and Jesus, did it go downhill quickly. Just seven. Yes, Before I went down, I got to say, it's not going to be on the stat report. You'll have to watch it, but I saw Latif Blessing take out Villafania. It was awesome. You never see Latif Blessing take out anybody. He straight up hockey hip-checked him. It was glorious. You're absolutely right. That doesn't even appear on the stat sheet, but it was a great little hip-check. Philly, in the 11th minute, we mentioned Derek Williams. We talked about his interesting past. And honestly, this play was made completely by Derek Williams. A wonderful slide tackle. That results in a ball, and look, we watched it back on replay. I think what they either said was that Chicha was onside or that maybe, although we saw a pretty clear angle that this didn't happen, maybe the ball took a deflection off of an LAFC player, which in that case would have kept Chicha onside no matter what. But we got to give props to Derek Williams on this play. It's a beautiful slide tackle right through his man, the ball finding a barely onside Chicha, of all players, Chicharito, who slots it past Pablo, left completely 1v1. This isn't on Pablo, guys. This is a ball that deflected and or was a beautiful slide tackle, like 20-yard almost pass into the box. I I can't hate how the goal came about because it it wasn't sloppy. But, Philly, what could you have done about it? What do you always say about preparation, meeting, opportunity. opportunity. What is that called again? Luck. There you go. But honestly, I think that Chicha kept himself on side-ish. I think that Derek Williams made a great play on this ball. And instead of reacting to it, we let the physicality come to us. And just like that, Philly, it's it's 
one nothing Carson. We're eleven minutes in. Yeah, and and that just to start off, Murillo cleared the ball, and that's and that ball made its way over to Jose Cifuentes. I'm going to mention something about Sifu momentarily, but yeah, Williams had a fantastic sliding tackle, and just like that, the little bean gets his sixth goal of the season. And yeah, I mean, from our vantage point. They look like three players of the Galaxy were, were offside. And they don't do a very good job when you're at the stadium with the replays. Right. You'd have to go back to your phone and, you know, I try to, like, stay off the replays and ESPN and all that stuff. I take my notes. That's the only reason I have my phone out. But we really thought it was offside. was kind of blown away that they didn't stop to take a look. No VAR. No nothing like that. No flag. The fireworks were, were up there. All right. So we, we, we got to deal with it. And, and on we go. Yeah, you and I both thought that he was off, and then we went back and looked at it. It was kind of a weird angle. I mean, if he's off, it's by a couple inches maybe, but he— By a nose uh, hair. I don't know. It, again, it's just one of those goals that you're like, if anybody else would have been there, would have would have been a goal, but Chicha found that way. 20th minute, first yellow of the match. This one to, again, former Chivas USA legend Jorge Villafania. And you're going to hear me say this a couple of times in the next few minutes, 26 minute and the 32nd minute. First in the 26, a shot from outside the box by Edward Atuesta, which was a decent diving effort by Bond. And, and I, again, look, I talked about Derek Williams. Now he made a good play. I'm, I'm not going to hate on Bond today. Bond, to me, looked MLS worthy, if you will. He played really well, I guess. A decent diving effort by Bond there in the 26th minute and the 32nd minute. Edward Atuesta with another rocket from outside the box off a pass from Diego Rossi. It's saved well again by Bond, and the rebound comes out to Latif, where again Bond has to make a save, pushing it over the bar. Bond looked pretty good here in the first 32 minutes. LAFC earns a corner. Nothing comes of it. And then, really, honestly, Philly, I don't know what you have in your notes. We were across the field from each other. But I've got two more yellows for Carson. First for the youngster Saldana in the 42nd, and then... One for Chicha in the 44th, and I don't have anything else for the remainder of the half. What I do like is that we've got three Carson players on a yellow. We've got the best opportunity other than a, a beautiful slide tackle singular effort. We're down one nothing, but I, I liked the run of play. I liked what LAFC looked like. It felt like we were knocking on the door, yet Philly were into the half one nothing down to Carson. We were, and there was no, we weren't sweating it. We weren't nervous. It, it seemed like a very doable thing. It was one unfortunate set of circumstances getting his sixth goal of the season. So be it. If you look at the key events, the true key events other than the goal, you have the three yellow cards on Chicha, Villafania, and Saldana. That was really it. Yeah, we had a great oppor- a couple great opportunities. Bond made a couple of really good saves. He probably made more saves in that first half than he did all throughout his career at West Brom Albion. Not to sound like an idiot, like, not to sound crass or anything. He looked good, and he had plenty of opportunities where he looked good. Why? Because LAFC was on the offensive. Stats for your first half. Shots, 93 LAFC. On target, 3-1 to LAFC. We dominated possession, 64%. The Galaxy beat us on corners. And I will say this right now, and I'm going to repeat myself at the end of this podcast. One thing that we had an absolute difficult time doing all throughout the course of last season, set-piece defending. We would get burned constantly. Going into this match, 
We had there were twenty five set pieces and LAFC cleared them. Eighteen of them came off of off of corner kicks. They continued to improve that goose egg over the course of this half. Very very much improved. Only conceding two goals up until this game. Three goals up to this point. Defense was looking okay. It's the midfield and the front line that had the problems. Starting the second half, Philly. Just think about what you said for a minute. What? It's the defense that looks okay. No, Taylor two And cities. it's it's the midfield and front line that has the issues. How opposite of that is that with LAFC? I mean, <laughs> we're used to having chance after chance on the front line. Our midfield looks like it's the best in the league. And we kind of hold our breath, like you just mentioned, all those set pieces. Yet, we've been able to bolster everything from the back line moving forward. So... I mean, I guess it's one of those things, right, where I'm a volleyball coach. It's like getting a tall kid. Well, at least I don't have to fix that problem because you can't teach height. <laughs> the hardest problem to fix is on the back line. You can get offensive players. You, you can even find some passing in the midfield, but we seem to have reversed the script, Philly. Fascinating. But, it, but it's it, nice it really to, is. But it's nice to see somebody like Jesus David Murillo. I don't know what the stats are as of this weekend, and this game's going to be played tomorrow, I believe, but he was leading the league in clearances. Very, very good stat for this young yeah, man. Yeah, we could have used one more clearance later on in the match, but a little more on that later. Philly, to begin the half, we got Mahala and Farfan coming in to replace Sifu and Cheeky. Mahala moving into the attack, so that means Latif moves on to the midfield. But just as he does move to the midfield, we got a little half-hearted attempt by Latif that is, again, saved easily by Bond, Jonathan Bond. West Brom Bond. And in the 54th minute, Ethan Zubak puts it on target for what would be Pablo Cisniega's only save of the match and a very, very easy one at that. But I don't say that, Philly to bring up Pablo Cisniega in a negative way. I don't feel like either shot that he let in goal, and we'll talk about the second one in a minute, were on him at all. When you're left on an island, 1v1, I'm not going to put that on the keeper. Something had to happen before then to cause that, but it was an easy save in the 59th minute, Philly. And and I'll I'll, I'll throw this back to you after this little recap here. Corey Baird had a solid attempt blocked in front of goal, a great effort to quickly control that ball and actually take a shot. And as you're going to recap Philly at the end of the match, you already said we outshot them, what, 9-3 in the first half. LAFC took enough shots this match. I mean, look, taking shots has no direct correlation with scoring goals other than you have to take shots to score goals. But I lost bets it, today. I certainly took shots. Right, there you go. But you can take shots, and they're not on target. You can take shots from far outside the box. It doesn't matter. But it seemed like LAFC was okay taking quality shots from time to time. But just too few of them were on target, and certainly too few of them, just one, found the back of the net. Absolutely. And it was a really, really nice situation in which Latif Blessing started things off. It was Diego Rossi to Latif. He, he passed it out. It was Corey Baird who had a nice little touch on the ball. It finds its way over to Diego Rossi. And just like that, he finds the back of the net. In 11 games against Galaxy, he's got six goals and five assists. Quite outstanding. And it was right as, right as the supporter section of the Galaxy started chanting, eh, the Galaxy, F the Chivas. And 
Diego Rossi shut them up. It was fantastic. I would say it gave us the biggest sense of satisfaction at that moment. It's like, all right, you guys want to become classless and vulgar? Here it is. We stick it to you. We punished your defense. And quiet. Honestly, like I, we're not saying this because we're we're just poking fun at the was it it's Vic, not Victory Boulevard, whatever they call themselves over there, Victoria's Block. I don't know who it is. It was it was for a little bit there. It was Victoria's Secret because they were incredibly quiet <laughs> on that side of the pitch. It, it, honestly, we talked about it in our little section up there in two twenty six. It was really quiet for a solid 90 seconds or so. It was Victoria's Secret that had to kind of regroup themselves, and you didn't hear them at all. And you know what went through my head in that moment, Philly, is, God, do I miss the 3252. I really missed them being there. I missed being back at Bank of California Stadium and hearing them. But the other thing that I kind of like is the Scarf Stradamus in me saw the assist from Corey Baird and knows that, all right, now we've got... Two assists on the year for Corey Baird and Danny Masovsky. Two goals on the year for Corey Baird and Danny Masovsky. We're up to four on our quest for 30. I have said it'll be 15 and 15. So we'll see what happens there. But after the goal, Philly, Cameron Dunbar comes in to replace Zubak. And another former Chivas USA legend comes off the bench in okay. for the Galaxy. Sasha Kleschen replaces Grancier. So we've got... Cameron Dunbar, who may come into play in just a minute. But Philly, in the 70th minute, a little bit of black and gold history for all of our Korean and Korean-American friends out there, South Korean-American and South Korean fans out there. Danny Masovsky, no, that's not who I'm talking about, replaces Corey Baird and making his MLS and, of course, his black and gold debut, the much-anticipated Kim Moon Juan replaces Eddie Segura, which means Tristan Blackman occupies that spot at center back and Moon moves to right back. I'll be honest, Philly, I wasn't a fan of taking out Eddie Segura. No, I was here. quite shocked. I would have thought Tristan would have been the one to come out and, in that and back is it, line. Is it bad, Philly, that what went through my head was, oh, another debut for a much-anticipated signing against Carson? Please don't Andre Horta this. I, I kind of It went through my mind. I'm not going to lie. History does have a way of repeating itself. But in Thankfully, the, it didn't, though. That's true. But in the 73rd minute, Philly, in the 73rd minute, I Moon took a shot at it from the outside. Think about, just think about what this would have done. Oh, man. Uh, immediately, I thought of, of Josh Spice and of all of our friends in Tigers who would literally have lost their minds in addition to the millions and millions of the black and gold faithful if this shot would have been able to find target it would have been the goal of the week it would have been he was announcing his presence with authority unfortunately just like Scott Norwood wide right huh. On the shot, a fun attempt, and I really enjoyed him keeping the defense honest with this attempt. He looked to me, Philly, far better on the offensive half of things and in the attacking third than I felt like he did either in the middle half or the middle third, because I teach math. I know about middle halves and thirds and all of that, and the defensive and third and Latin. I felt like Moon looked a little lost there. But I enjoyed that he kept him honest. So did Eduardo in the 77th minute. But Philly, unfortunately, in the 79th minute, we get our wait. What? what moment of the podcast? Yes, we did. And just real quick, Moon, within two minutes of play, a shot 
and a foul. And that's a nice thing. His shot was from far outside the box. Right. Last game, last podcast against Houston, we criticized our black and gold team for being far too generous. We wanted them to be a little bit more selfish and a fire away. Kim Moon Hwan had no problem firing away. So it was very refreshing to see something like that. But in the 79th minute, sloppy turnover. Mario tried to make a play. It deflects off of him. Sets up an easy goal for the Galaxy in the sense that Chicharito has the ball right now. He has Tristan Blackman covering him. Chicha, being the smart player that he is, found an opening. And by opening, meaning he nutmegged Tristan. Efren Alvarez left some left with some space. He got out of the way. And Jonathan Dos Santos, and we like to call him the good Dos Santos, scores a goal. Something that we haven't said very often in this rivalry. Jonathan Dos Santos scoring a goal. And just like that, the Galaxy are up 2-1. to one. He takes off his jersey. He goes running for the sidelines. They gave him a yellow card for it, but he didn't care. And now we we get beat by Chicho with a goal initially. And then he assists on the second. And spoiler alert, the game winner, gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. Jonathan Dos Santos has had a tough couple of years with injuries and whatnot. He made his presence felt in this game, and he broke our backs. Mark Anthony K, Kim Moon Juan. Jesus David Murillo, three names for each of them, three men, all occupying one phone booth worth of space over there in the corner <laughs> against 18-year-old, the kid who we just said Did subbed on a few minutes ago, Cameron Dunbar. He took on three LAFC players, and I lost it, and, and I felt bad. There were these three, like, teenage, maybe they were 18, 19 teenage kids that were sitting in front of me, and all three players came over, and I yelled an expletive, what the bleep are we all doing over there? Why are there three defenders? And before I got the word defenders out of my mouth, that ball found its way over to Chicha. I lost it. But, Philly, let me tell you what's really upsetting about that play. My father... My dad is 78 years old. My dad is as big of a baseball fan and a sports fan as you will find for a 78-year-old or anybody else there. He is a diehard Yankee fan, so don't get too upset at him. He, don't worry, punk, he can't stand Tom Brady either. So you're all good. He can't stand him at all. I can't stand the fact that we still mention his name I did find a way to do that. You noticed that. However... My dad called me after the game, and his question was, what the bleep were they doing with three players over there on the side guarding that one guy? If my dad, who knows as much about soccer as I know about speaking Klingon, my dad do like Star was Trek, so, I do, but not, I don't know any Klingon. My dad doesn't know anything about soccer. Was it Kim Moon Hwan's fault? Was it... Jesus David Murillo's fault. I don't think it was on Mark Anthony K because he got possession and moved up the line. To me, I'm going to put this one on Jesus David Murillo only because I don't think he trusted Moon to make the right play in that situation, so he came over. Interesting. But moreover, Philly, he made that cute little dribble back inside where he very easily could have just cleared it away. You mentioned... Jesus David Maria leads the league and clears. Yep. We needed him to clear that ball in that case. But he lost the ball back to Dunbar, who finds Chicha. And let's be honest, 
Chicha made the smart soccer play. Oh, yeah, How many did. times have we seen teams, ours and who we are playing, send a ball through the box with nobody home? Well, in this case, Chicha sent the ball through the box because it was the right play to make. And for only his seventh in 83 appearances for the Carson Galaxy of L.A. County and for his first since October of 2019, Philly. October of 2019. Hmm. Jonah Dos Santos. All right. Jonah Dos Santos slots at home. Look, uh, nothing for Pablo to do on that one. He was left out to dry. You mentioned, Philly, how Bond was leading or at least top five in saves, whatever it might have been, because of the sieve that was his back line. There was nothing Pablo could have done. It could be Kenneth Vermeer, Tyler Miller, and Pablo in goal at that point. And I still think Jonah's able to slot that one past. Just so, so frustrating. And a little bit of me thought, because we mentioned how this team has been such a hot mess, Carson, for the last few seasons, and how much they disliked a guy like Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the locker room. You wonder if Jonah Dos Santos taking off his shirt the way that he did and running into the corner, sort of like what Zlatan did when he took off his shirt on the game winner. Maybe Jonah Dos Santos was making the long play there and trying to remake memories for these Carson fans and trying to hmm. almost disavow the last two years of Zlatan and the, the nothing year with Chicha last year. I, I mean, so frustrating, Philly. But you know what I thought? We got 11-plus minutes to find an equalizer. Maybe we could. I thought so, too. And he had a quote, actually, you know, just to go back to Dos Santos. Yeah. He said at the end, this is going to be, I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life. I feel like we deserve this victory. L.A. is ours. Oh, oh, the fact that he said L.A. is ours guts me. You said it. We had 11 minutes to go uh, with four, four minutes of injury time. But nothing happened. Really nothing. You're nothing absolutely at right. all happened. In fact, it was the Galaxy who had the last ditch effort with, uh, with an attempt by Chicharito. He right-footed shot outside of the, blo- out of the box, and it gets blocked. That was it. Whistle blows, 2-1. to one. And like Dos Santos said, L.A. was theirs. Awful, awful, and, and it hurts. It really hurt. I thought the boys would come out there and give it their all. They seemed discommu- like discombobulated. It didn't seem like the communication was going. There was efforts, but it, was, it wasn't a total collective team effort. It looked like some players were trying to give it their all. Some players were necess- weren't. Just Things just completely fell off the rails. It was a gut punch, and it ended our game. In terms of possession, not much changed in the sense that we still dominated. We still dominated in possession. We dominated in shots, 17 to 11. Shots on target, 5 to 3. Passing accuracy. Our passing accuracy was terrible last game. About 83% right now. It was better than the Galaxies. They had nine corners, though. And they had 14 fouls to our 11. They had six. Yellow card scarf. Six yellow cards. And, and, and that's how it ended. And we, uh, we go to the press conference. Bob, I'm not going to quote everything that he said, but poor decisions is yep. something that he said. Yep. Didn't like the collective effort. Became careless. Certain players weren't up for things in the first half. Certain players weren't up for things in the first half is what he said. Who subbed out? 
Cheeky and Sifu. That first goal came as a result of Derek Williams' slide tackle on Sifu. And then when asked about Carlos, little training, uh, tr- trying to push things at, fu- at full speed, minor quad injury. But then he said, can't really put a timeline on these things. Don't know when we're going to see Vela. <clears throat> and what really sucks is <laughs> in the last 18 months, this team has hardly seen any Vela. Yep. Period. Yep. Coming into the season, reading his article in the LA Times, he said he was motivated. He wanted to go back out there and give another MVP-esque performance. And we believed it. But what happened against Austin hopefully rectifies itself because his quad injury, clearly a lot worse than we had originally anticipated. And just to kind of finish things off, Bob was asked about Moon. I'll wrap it up and say, you know, it's not right to comment in his first minutes. That's that. And organizationally, they didn't do a good job late in the game. Bob did not have great things to say about his club. And he also feels that they let down the fan base. They let down the 32-52. His exact words, that didn't leave us with a lot of reassurance. Look, a couple of things. Number one, if Bob doesn't want to comment on Moon, I will. I don't think that Moon looked very good in the defensive third of the pitch. I don't think that he knew exactly where he was supposed to be just yet. I don't think he played with the same confidence on the ball and attacking mindset as he did in the attacking third, which that's in a 1-1 match to bring on a player who literally is making their debut and has not played in a pressure situation in Major League Soccer before. Yes, he has represented South Korea on the national level. He played very well for the Korean, both top division and second division. Doesn't matter. This game is different. I'm not saying Major League Soccer is different. I'm saying the Battle of Los Angeles, the LA Derby, the away match is different. I'm sorry, but it is. And I don't know that I would have had Moon make his debut in this match. I would have rolled the dice a little bit longer with guys like Tristan Blackman and Marco Farfan on the outside. He must have seen something with Cheeky and with Palacio, excuse me, with uh, Sifu that he didn't like, which is why they came out I'd have to go back and rewatch the match again. Luckily, I DVR'd it, so I will go back and, and rewatch the match again. Let's but... Watch the pregame. We I enjoyed the the part where you were on oh, there. Oh, thanks, buddy. That's my favorite part of today's game. Honestly, <laughs> I, I do have a couple of thoughts though that I'd like to share as well. First, Pablo is not the problem again. Nope. Pablo Cisniega has been great. Pablo Cisniega made the saves he he should have made in this match, and when he was hung out 1v1, he didn't make the saves, but I think at least on the first goal, Philly, he got a hand on the ball and kind of deflected it away, I think, if I remember correctly. I mean, it was close. I mean, Chicha had a clear side. He slotted it in on the bottom right. Yeah. Not much Pablo could have done there. LAFC made one major error in 90 minutes. That one major error of three players playing in a phone booth, Cameron Dunbar splitting three, getting the ball back, staying with it. First of all, that's an 18-year-old kid who doesn't know that he shouldn't take on three defenders. He doesn't know that he has no business doing that. Good on him and an awful piece of defending by Jesus David Murillo. And look, the ball made it through the box to Jonah Dos Santos. Derek Williams makes one moment of brilliance there. On the slide tackle, we played better than this team, but they had the two best moments of the match and capitalized on both of them. Both of those moments led to goals. 
We could have outplayed them for the entire other 89 plus minutes of the match. And for the most part, I really do think we did. They didn't have a single opportunity, in my opinion, Philly, on any one of their nine corners. They didn't have much opportunity in the way of balls through the box and just, you know, missed opportunities. It just wasn't there. We had a few missed opportunities, but not very many chances of high quality. I want to say we really missed Carlos Vela, Philly. We've really missed Carlos Vela. But that's like saying the Lakers have really missed LeBron James. Look what happens without LeBron. The Lakers lose and lose and lose and lose and lose, despite having a top five or six or seven player in the league in Anthony Davis. Despite us having a top, in my opinion, maybe three or four player in the league in Diego Rossi. Despite having, in my opinion, the best midfielder in the league, the best midfielder in the league in Edward Atuesta, you said it, Philly. You said it perfectly on this podcast. Soccer is a cruel mistress. This is one of, if not the most team-oriented sports in all of the world. It doesn't matter. It's like baseball. You can have Mike Trout and be the Angels and be awful. Or you can have a team that somehow finds a way. And the other thing that I want to say is this. First of all, good on Diego Rossi to be back on the score sheet. It's our first loss of the season, but we have played now the last 180 minutes or so, in my opinion, Philly, a very uninspired football. And I I want to mention one last thing. I coach middle school volleyball right now. I'm coaching my volleyball girls, my eighth graders, and my eighth grade girls, Philly, just destroyed who they played Hmm. on Friday. 25-15, they played so, so well. We were out of there in like 25 minutes. But it's because for the first time this season, they stopped thinking volleyball and started playing volleyball. They got out there on the court, Philly, and they just played. I'm watching an LAFC team right now that it feels like watching paralysis by analysis. They are (laughs) thinking so much about what the next pass should be, where they should make the right run, that they're almost locking up. No one is making the run. There were so many times where I felt like LAFC was flat-footed, and yet you watch a player like Chicha, who no matter what, will make a run. No matter what, we'll find a space, we'll be creative. I mean, we saw something early on in the match where he was so frustrated at his teammates, he was pointing to one side, pointing to the other side, gesturing wildly about where he wanted the ball. But the very next time, we saw them try to serve it to him there. We need an alpha like that right now to go ahead and take charge and say, serve, it's like Keyshawn Johnson used to say, right? Throw me the damn ball. We need a guy who up front says, I'm going to make these runs. I'm going to continue to try to take the top off of the back line. And I just didn't see that from Mahala, from Corey Baird, from Danny Musovsky, not from Diego Rossi, not from anybody who we had playing up front. And to me, watching this team in 2018, 2019, watching them click on all cylinders and at least make the runs, at least try the passes inside and outside, stretching the team shape by going from out to in, in back to out. I haven't seen that at all this season. No, and we said this on the pod last week. We got to get 
out of our minds the idea that we are we're the 2019 team. We're we're, we're not. We we haven't had Carlos in 18 months. We haven't been firing on all cylinders in quite some time. The good news is that it's only the fourth game of the season. Okay. The good news is that our defense is a lot better than what it has been in the past. The good news is we don't have a goalkeeper controversy anymore. It's Pablo Cisniega and Pablo Cisniega going forward. The good news is we'll eventually have Carlos Vela back. There is good news on the horizon. <laughs> but we need to fix things immediately because as a result of today's game, we lose our first one of the season. And we're not going anywhere easy next week. No, nope. We are going to Lumen Field to take on the Seattle Sounders in their home territory in front of their fans. And while, yes, we have had success at Lumen Field or the, or, or the clink as we used to be called, we're not the same team. So for LAFC to really take a lesson from this loss. They need to move on and do what they can during training because they have a very, very tough opponent in front of them. The Galaxy shoot up to second place. They're taking on FC Broccoli, <laughs> the fighting Al rates, as you like to call them. Yep. That's what they're going to do right now. But it's still early on. There's still things that need to be fixed. Look, Kim Moon-Hwan, he's going to get healthy. He's going to do things. Diego Rossi is going to continue to score goals. We just have to figure it out in the positions that we're actually good in. We're actually good in the midfield. We got to figure out Mark Anthony K as well. Mark Anthony K had a couple of turnovers, uh, big turnovers. He had a couple of really good passes too. But I would say that you can you know take him or leave him at, at this point. Jose Cifuentes not, didn't play very well over the course of this game. Edward Atuesta, we sign him. He's always going to be big. Latif Blessing is always going to do Latif Blessing things. Our front line, Corey Baird. Hey, Corey Baird is playing well. Two goals, two assists. His pass to Diego Rossi was on point. So there are some bright spots, but I'd be lying. I'm trying to be glass half full, and I've been, I haven't had a drop of alcohol in two weeks. It's true. And now I completely understand why they call alcohol a depressant, because thinking about this game after a shot of some of that rum we had earlier is making me very, very depressed. But we're here to exercise those demons. It, it can only go... Well, I mean, it could go a couple of directions. We're, we're not a rock bottom. Very uninspiring play, but tomorrow is another day. We, we lose to our rivals, and if this doesn't inspire the boys to get back to training and fight aggressively, then I don't know what can. Losing 2-1 to one in a game that you dominated, a game that you probably should have won, I hope these boys are at home angry angry. I hope they're not at home like playing Call of Duty and laughing and joking because as a supporter, I'm pretty pissed to lose to this team. I'm infuriated rather, even though my voice doesn't necessarily depict it. I hope they are too. This could be a turnaround, but they need to prove it and they need to demonstrate it in very hostile territory next week against the Seattle Sounders. Look, I'm going to bring us into the upside down for all of you Stranger Things fans out there. I got a couple of takes as we wind down our recap. Take number one is that maybe, just maybe, this could be one of those weird starts to a weird season in Major League Soccer. And I say that because I look at the Western Conference standings and I look at a team that has been kind of a doormat for the last three or four seasons in Major League Soccer the fighting Chris Wondolowski's of San Jose, <laughs> and they're sitting at the top of the table in the West. I look at the goals scored race in Major League Soccer, and I see San Jose 
with their 10 goals at the top of the table in all of Major League Soccer, by the way. All of it with their 10 goals. So I'm thinking, maybe this is one of those weird seasons. I look at the table and I see LAFC in ninth. That's right, ninth. Gross. Right now. Top seven make the playoffs. We are in ninth. We have five points on four matches. One win, two draws, and this loss. Even Austin has more wins than us. So I think, all right, let me take a deep breath here, and it's early. We're all about to be four matches in on the season, but here's my hot take. And then after this, I'm done. My hot take is after watching this team play for four games this season, knowing full well that we have had a total Philly of 22 minutes of Carlos Vela, knowing full well, Philly, that Diego Rossi was injured for the first couple of matches, and knowing full well that Corey Baird is still getting acclimated to and in the offense that LAFC likes to run. So our, our top three on offense really haven't been able to get going. I will say this. This was a match, and I said this to you in the car on the way here to record. This was a match where we really could have used, I'm going to say it, Brian Rodriguez. Yeah, I don't disagree. This I, was a match I, I where his, about it earlier. his 1v1, how he at least takes on the defense. His ability, remember, he did have, what, eight assists last season, tied for the team lead with, I think it was Bradley Wright Phillips. <laughs> I mean, could have oh. used Bradley Wright Phillips. Oh, my God, yeah. Brian Rodriguez is the type of player who really does seem like he would have fit in really well with today's attacking style that we tried to go after this team with. That punch, counter, punch. He is the answer to a chicha, a guy who can counter at a moment's notice and did on occasion. I, I know this is Scarf. I know there are going to be a lot of people that listen to this and go, Jesus, he's back on the Brian Rodriguez train again. I'm just saying that in four weeks, Almeria's season ends. And if they don't win the promotion tournament, they're not going to win the promotion tournament. I hope they do. Brian Rodriguez may be coming right back. And that being said, Philly, even if they win the damn promotion tournament, Brian Rodriguez might be coming right back. He didn't <laughs> even play in their last match, which was a win. But he really did seem like somebody, Philly, that we could have used today. I'm not going to go out there, roll the red carpet, and give him a hero's welcome. No, no, no. If and when he does come back. However, I hope he took a valuable lesson from this experience in Spain. He so desperately wanted to leave and play in Europe that he fought and negotiated a way to a La Liga 2 team. Clearly, he was desperate, especially considering the fact that he was being courted by, by Serie A teams and, and, and top-tier and top teams, period. He clearly was desperate to get out of here. He clearly thought his ish didn't stink. He clearly thought that he was better than what he thought he was. But now the kid has a reality check. All right. I can't say I know everything about Almeria. I haven't sure. even seen them play. I don't know how he compares against everybody else. But if he's not getting any burn, I'm sure he's sitting there and going, wow, what has become of my life? 
So this will really be a test as to his mental toughness and his intestinal fortitude. When he comes back here, does he mope and whine and cry and maybe make a push to go back to Peñarol? And I only bring up Peñarol because they sent him a jersey not too long Truth, ago. Truth, I saw that. Or does he nut up, hop on the horse, and take care of business? He is in control of his destiny at this point. It may not be at Almeria, but if he comes back here, he can prove to the skeptics and to himself that he is worth every single penny that we paid for him. And if he can do that, if he can turn his this performance, turn the ship around, it will help our team's efforts and it'll help his stock and his value go up higher. So at this point, I am expecting Brian oh to make a return, but it's up to him as to what type of return it is. And if he forces that move to South America, then I got to tell you, he will become the player that I hate more than Andy Nahar because <laughs> it clearly shows what a wuss he is. And I, God, I, there's so many other words I would prefer Nicely to Nicely done. You kept it family friendly. Yeah, I friend. kept it family friendly. But if he can prove that he is the player that he is, it's going to be on LAFC. That, I, I firmly believe that. So let's see what happens. I believe Brian's coming back. I believe he has an opportunity. And hey, you're right. We could have used him today. I, I will say it is kind of weird hearing Philly back on Team Brian because he <laughs> was the first to jump off of Team Brian. The last thing I'll say is this. For all of you that are worried about the state of the black and gold, yeah, there are plenty of things that, that we can worry about right now. But let's keep in mind. We have yet to play a single match this season with more than one designated player on the pitch. In fact, we have played an entire match this season with zero designated players on the pitch. And as of right now, we only have two designated players of three that we are allowed to have actually on LAFC's active roster. We're not going to pull a Carson and try to get four DPs on at one time, even though they were able to do that at some point two years ago. But that being said... Lots of reasons for optimism. It was a tough derby day today, but like one of the Carson fans said to me, surprisingly, it is a best of three this season, isn't it? And I said, you're damn right it is. We've got our next one with them at the bank. We've got our next match up in Seattle, and it's still weird to call it Lumen Field, but that's where we're headed. And Philly... We got to get some points up in Seattle. We got to get ourselves out of ninth because, yes, we've only played four matches, but a wise man once said that three points in game one count the same as three points in game 34. So we need to get points. We need to get better on offense. We need to figure out what's going on with our substitutions and where everybody's playing on the back line when we do sub. And when we do that, we're going to talk about it all on episode 146 of Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth. And you know how we like to end. That is not my indigestion if you hear that. <laughs> that is this phantom dishwasher that just went off. That was kind of crazy. That was kind of crazy. Y you know how we I like really to end. I thought I might have let one slip. All of our episodes, it's like a Scooby-Doo horror movie ending <laughs> right now. We love you guys all so much, and it wasn't for those meddling kids. We would have gotten away with it. But you know how we like to end all of our podcasts. Bye-bye.